Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm Balta. Welcome to Flow Lab Podcast. We provide a voice to emerging and established creatives, entrepreneurs, and professional artists based in the UAE and from around the world. We dig deep to uncover inspiring insights and discuss authentic experiences. On today's episode, we're welcoming Alex Shororokov, who is a producer, photographer, and director, and most recently the CEO of Full House Media, which is based in Dubai. So in the show, we discuss how to access a flow state of mind, as well as Alex's journey so far, uh, some tips on leadership and how to control emotions in tricky situations, as well as overall sort of mindset. So Alex is really just so humble in this discussion. And so uh, we really appreciated that. And we hope you do too. So let's get started. If I start remembering like what took me to the point where I am now, I would say it's always like a trial and error. The thing is that I've been living in Dubai for six years and it's my second attempt to come here and do something. I'm 34 at the moment. And the first time I came to Dubai, I was like 20, 24. It was like 10 years ago. My passion, my hobby has always been photography, like at that time. And But I came here and I just had a decent job. I was working in the furniture store. But I was like, okay, when you come from the country where I'm from, you cannot just come here and uh, start being a photographer and earn millions. Like, you'll have to have the decent job. And at the point, I just hated it. And the thing is that I didn't even resign. I just bought a ticket and flew away. Because the idea that I'm just working for somebody else's goals, I'm not doing anything for myself, literally, like... Especially for creative people working for somebody else at a point, you will start feeling a bit of depressed or start feeling like the, your brain is degrading. Like you're just not doing anything. You're just stuck. I mean, of course, you're doing like everyday things like here and there. But again, it's for somebody else. And like you're feeling that you're not even moving, like you're not developing. And I just came back home. Then I was still reconsidering but being back home i started realizing and remembering like all of those kind of small benefits which are about living in this country and then i was like okay maybe i should just go back but definitely not in the furniture store okay if i'm gonna have like the retail job i'm definitely gonna do it like in the fashion retail because i had some of my friends by that time worked in the fashion retail and it was quite a casual job like being dressed nicely in a suit you know like just selling clothes here and there like not really complicated and getting like a pretty good amount of money and i was like okay okay i'll try but at the same time, I had a very, very good job back home. I was like a social media uh, strategist. Like, I really enjoy my job here. I can develop myself as a creative. And I mean, okay, if any interview is going to appear, I'm going to go and visit them. Like, And finally, something showed up. I think it was the Burberry, like the Burberry store. They were opening a Burberry store here in Mall of the Emirates, I think, and they were hiring stuff. And I was like, okay. If they're going to let me off work, like during my break, I'm going to visit the interview. And I was so relaxed that like after the first round, the thing is that I just thought that they didn't choose me. And I was like, okay, yeah, whatever. And finally, they selected me from, there were about 20 to 200 people there. Not 20, 200 people there. They selected just five people. Like, But finally, I came here and started working. It's like been a quite a good time. But again, 
I came to a point when they actually fired me from Burberry, like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> because again, I came to the point when, uh, like, you can make a pretty good career in retail. I mean, for everyone who's going to watch this, if you're not, like, really creative at a point, just get yourself a decent job and fashion retail can be one of the options. So you could save, like, a pretty good amount of money and get yourself the gear and start developing yourself. But then they just fired me and I was like, okay, what should I do now? And I found like one of the Russian companies who was doing photography, like event photography for like different brands or for different venues. And I messaged them and they didn't reply. And I was like, okay. And I already bought the ticket back home and they actually messaged me and I met them and they're like, okay, if you want to work with us, we'll be happy to have you on board. Just decide. And I remember that moment, here's my crossroads. I can get what I wanted. I can start earning with photography, but I can also just leave it and go back home and live Dubai for good. And yeah, I chose the first one. That's how I started in photography. Oh my goodness, that's so true. Life is full of crossroads. So did you teach yourself photography? I was completely self-taught and that's going to be like the first advice I'm going to give to all of the creatives, especially in like nowadays, come on guys, we live in a digital era, we live in the era of the internet and like the amounts of information now are humongous, are like huge. So I don't think you really need to attend any photography courses or film school with all the respect to those mm -hmm. guys, like with all the respect, yeah. but yeah. Yes, I love that. So being self-taught, you still go through all the material and the learning. It's just you get the freedom to build your own sort of creative perspective rather than relying on how someone else has developed theirs. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're not really limited by whatever the professor is saying. There is all of the information. You just grab whatever pieces of the information you want. Because you know what they say, like, I mean, even now, kind of everything creative was already invented. So if you want to steal, like, steal like an artist. So just get whatever you want from different sources and apply your own vision to it and make like a different mix. So yeah, definitely no film school or no photography special courses are really needed. Like, I would say that's more kind of the business side of things. I mean. Well, I think you're just touching a very important topic. That is, usually creative people fantasize about living out of their art and out of the passion, but they don't realize that there's a lot of other skills that may not be creative and be more analytical and business-wise and kind of boring. But there's a lot of skills that come into play if you want to live off your creative mind. You have to learn how to market yourself. You need to have a little accounting mind, a little strategic planning, a little sitting down on your laptop and doing boring stuff. It's not all about being creative and expressing yourself and everything like that. So how do you manage that? How do you manage the challenge of, yes, I live out of my creative mind, but also I need to do a lot of business-related stuff to support it? Yeah, I mean, it happened in a way that all of the, and now I just 
realized it recently. I mean, not recently. I realized it like a couple of years ago. But then I like, you know, the whole puzzle kind of came together in my head. All of the jobs I had before and all of the jobs I was fired from, they were these missing parts of the puzzle. Because like, okay, let's say I was working in the fashion retail. I have the selling skills I can sell. I was working in marketing, like in social media marketing. I understand how to market my own product. And now, yeah, we came down to the most important part. Now I can use all of those skills and to apply it for my own business. Like that's the most important. But yeah, the business side is essential, is essential. Like, I mean, that's why all of the creatives, they have their own managers or agents or who actually market them. And of course, now, yeah, you have the perfect chance to market yourself. Like now we're living in the era of the personal brands. But again, you should have like at least a small team of people who's going to help you with the business side. That's essential. So how do you go about separating creative work with doing all the business and promoting the business side of running a company, the marketing, the admin, the accounts? How has that panned out for you? How do you navigate that? As for now, most of the business is kind of shifted more on the business side. Because what I was doing for the first couple of years, I was building a strong portfolio. I just did a lot of free stuff, a lot of free collaborations. And my main goal was to build a strong portfolio, like to create that product, which I can rely on, which I can be proud of at the moment. And then I can just market it. So as for now, I'm pretty convinced that we're kind of having a pretty strong portfolio. It's still not super high end because... If we were approached by like a super big brand to create like a series of 10 or 15 videos for them, it would be definitely manageable, but it would be a bit hard. But when it comes to the smaller shoots, the smaller campaigns, or just like music videos, advertising, yeah, I'm pretty confident in what we do. The most important is that I'm just trying to have a slightly different approach in terms of letting people know what they're paying for, letting people know all of the value we provide. Because many small businesses here, I mean, many local people are kind of having like their own businesses, like jewelry, buyers, and all of that. And that's what I'm trying to, if you will, educate them by explaining what value we offer. Like, okay, it's our price is above average, but why is that? And that's what I'm explaining them for. And I mean, it works. It works. Is there any cool projects, anything fun you can tell us about? Yeah. Two weeks ago, we were in Abu Dhabi and we were shooting a music video for a local artist. And it was a very, very interesting project because we had like a team of 15 people there and I was directing the whole thing. And there will be like some visual effects involved in this. It's like we created a story of a magical creature who's having a relationship with a human. <laughs> that's amazing. And of course, the guy behaved himself as an asshole. And I, that's just... <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the most enjoyable thing is seeing the end product, seeing the end video and realizing that, oh, wow, that's the team effort. We worked hard for it. And that's the most enjoyable for me. And that's another very interesting thing because it's a very different skill set to be creative or to come up with an original idea, an original vision, or to be very good with the camera or with the editing process. And it's a very different thing to have to lead such a big group. Like, I couldn't put myself in your shoes and having to direct 15 people towards your vision or trying to communicate that. All of a sudden, you're 
in a leadership position and it's not just a creative role anymore. How did you deal with that? That's a very good one because, yeah, it all starts within yourself. If you just feel that you're having the leadership skills, but I would say it all starts with an idea. That idea brings you the drive because I was super excited about that project and I just gathered everyone before the shoot and told them like, okay, guys, listen, like we're doing the same thing here. We're here to accomplish the same thing, the same goal. So uh, we'll just split, like, you know what you have to do and whatever you feel comfortable, just approach me and ask. But like, I mean, I think that excitement itself brings out even more leadership skills. Of course, like the first day we had 17 hours set and I was, Mm -hmm. by the end of the 17th hour, I just let it go, went on the sofa and slept. (laughs) But at that time I was already sure that like, it all works as a system. I think as a leader, which is an important point that you made, Alex, is, that you sort of overcome the imposter syndrome once you have a very clear idea of what it is that you need your team to accomplish. So you know the ins and outs of the plan. And so they turn to you for that guidance and you need to keep that energy going and you have to have a positive sort of outlook and a very crystal clear idea of what the destination is or what a successful project will look like. So I think that's really key in sort of overcoming that worry about becoming a leader and, of course, being able to keep a cool head throughout. Exactly. You're having the general plan always, but things can go wrong, things can go out of the plan, and that happens, like, pretty, pretty always. The most important is really to keep your head cool and do not be emotional and just to show that you're stronger than the situation. Of course, we're all human beings, but like the true leader should really estimate like the situation in general. The true leader should look at the whole picture and he should really understand like he or she that if I'm going to be emotional now, if I'm going to explode with emotions, I'm going to lose all that power of the leader. And uh, people will feel that like, okay, he doesn't even seem like a leader because like he can break up so fast. So that's very important to evaluate all of the negative moments all of the negative situations with a cool head as like i would say a watcher you you just try to watch at the situation from a side and estimate what can be done not to spend your time on being emotional just think of what can be done to get through it that's Mm -hmm. important what role do you see yourself fitting into best yeah I was working in the other teams and I'm still working in the other teams, let's say as the camera operator. But what I'm trying to do now, I'm trying to shift myself more to directing because uh, I came out to a point that like, I really like to invent, to create stories rather than just running with the camera. So working in the other teams as the camera operator. I'm still feeling that I don't want to work for somebody else. I'm still feeling that. I don't know. It's stronger than me. Like, because that's why I'm considering like, yeah, maybe I should just develop my own team and move forward with it. Yeah. So it's not only a creative side that is pushing you forward. I feel like it's more like a independence freedom as well. Like being able to create stuff on your own and not just for someone else. Yeah. Like if we're hired directly by the business owner, And when I'm sure that I can take all of the project by myself, yeah, it's way more exciting. But I mean, okay, if let's say they're already having their own director, I don't mind. But it always happens that like on the set, 
I wouldn't mind to work with a very, very experienced and old director, like seriously, because when I see that I can take something from it, when I see that like there is a learning gap, when I can learn something, yeah, I turn myself into like a humble pupil and I'll just do whatever is needed to be done. But when I see that like, okay, the person is not really a director, I would say, I mean, uh, I kind of start showing that I shouldn't be doing that, but sometimes it's a bit stronger than me. Like if I can say that there's no learning gap, I was like, okay, maybe I'm just like wasting my time here. Let's see. Yes, that makes sense. Understanding sort of that you want to attach your name to something and have a legacy. Yeah, I mean, definitely. But again, like I'm not against learning. I'm still learning. I will be learning all of my life, but I would be happy to learn from somebody whom I feel that is way stronger, way more experienced than me. And I always do that. It was a couple of times when I was working in a big team as the camera operator and the director was like an old experienced guy who was completely knowing what he was doing with a calm head. And of course, I was just executing. I was just performing and I didn't ask myself any questions. I just decided to be focused on my own tasks. So, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, that's yeah. how it is. So what would you say is one of the hardest parts about being a creative in general and also within Dubai and the UAE? Let me start by saying about the creative side in the UAE, of course, it's a tricky one because I was thinking how to answer it, not hurting anyone's feelings or like any country image or something. I mean, okay, like it's not a secret that the UAE has its certain, I would say, limitations in terms of creativeness. Like, I would say people here are not really ready to some of the creative ideas that were already shot like in different parts of the world, right? But because like they can be offended, they can understand it in the wrong way. So these are the only limitations. And I understand why, because there is a certain image of the whole country which the government has to support and develop. That's why date might be the only limitation. Like you should always stick to a certain image. I did one of the fashion films for Arab Fashion Week. It's kind of creepy and it's kind of, but I still didn't even bring out the director's cut, you know, because I was asking models to do weird things. And I was like, okay, maybe they shouldn't see it for now. And I brought kind of lighter version. They still loved it a lot. It gained 24 million impressions on Facebook. Like, I mean, yeah, it made an impact, but still like the version was light. The PG version. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But still, it was something unusual. I mean, I would say in terms of creativity, people start to get creative here when it comes to the fashion stuff. Because I don't know why, but in their heads, like the fashion videos are kind of, that's where you can have the creative freedom to do some weird poses and like, but still like the creative story aspect of the whole thing is still at like a mid-range level. Like the stories are kind of all the same here, kind of a bit of a cliche thing. We're always curious about how artists and creative people reach the flow state of mind. That time when you're like fully immersed, you lose track of time, the inspiration just comes and that's the core part of being an artist. And it's easy to see that for a painter or a musician that they have their own little rituals. You usually imagine them isolated with headphones on or like you have your coffee, you have the light the way you want it, you have the music the way you want it, and that's way more manageable. But I feel like your creative process, it happens in such a chaotic scene. 
with a lot of people, a lot of like pressure, time, lights, sound. I don't know how that how does that work for you? Like do you reach that immersive, that flow state of mind, or do you do it before and then you just run with it? When would you say you are in a fully immersed flow state of mind? I'm generally trying to live in a flow state because mm. I've been practicing different kind of meditations and spiritual practices for quite a while. So uh, I came down to a conclusion that living in a flow state is the best option. It's hard to live in a flow state. Okay, like the number one thing that I would recall will be do not fall on your emotions, like just try to control them. Because at the end of the day, emotions are just the hormones in our body. So our body like works uh, all of our personality emotions the character are hormones and neural circuits in the brain so just be aware of your emotions whatever you want to to get emotional i mean in a bad way in a bad way you should get emotional in a good way like the tears of happiness like yeah just go for it it's a very very good release but when it comes to the negative emotions just try to be aware just take that like you know split of a second and just to try turn that switch off and look at yourself again like it comes to a, like this watcher state like just try to look at the whole situation from a side just try to look at yourself from a side ask yourself okay will it bring any change if i'm gonna get emotional at the end of the day of course the emotions are not really gonna help like the negative ones so it's way better to keep your head calm and like just try to take that split of a second and to feel yourself aware, to feel yourself in the present moment and just to look yourself from aside and like see what these emotions are going to bring you to. Yeah, you have to just ride those emotions and let them in because you can't choose which emotions uh, to shut out. Otherwise, you risk numbing them all. Would you say that there's anything else that contributes to your flow state? The, okay, like the most important thing is that I keep talking about the hormones because recently I started to learn to study the meditation, the spiritual part from the scientific point of view because I was always interested like, okay, why we're feeling the certain way and why we're experiencing the certain emotions like in the different situations. And again, it all comes down to our hormones. So let's say if you're feeling frustrated, because creative people are very sensitive people, that's true, and like very empathic, you know, like we always take everything to, we excel it like 10 times bigger. And the most important is not to fall in that emotional pit. Like again, any physical movement can release one of the hormones of happiness. I think it's called serotonin. Like it can just release that hormone, you instantly start feeling better. You can just dance, you can sing, any physical movement, any physical sound can release that hormone and your frustration will be gone. You just feel like recharged instantly. Any physical activity will do that. Like that's a proven fact. Anything that will bring you a little amount of happiness, if you will. Like, And many, many creative people are speaking about myself. I'm kind of an introvert person, but... I mean, when I just start dancing or singing, whatever I'm doing, like here in this apartment, I instantly feel uh, that like I'm not an introvert anymore. I can talk to people. I'm an extrovert. Like I have all of the energy released and uh, yeah, I can still go with the flow. 
that's the most important is just to release it, to let it go, to let this energy go, and you'll instantly feel better. <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because I have some introverted tendencies. So I definitely feel the need just to let out some of those feelings and just dance and either meditate or do something active to release endorphins and things. So um, I can definitely relate to that. Thank you, yeah, for sharing. On that note, would you or can you suggest any tips to creatives that are within a field and they're thinking of pivoting into another role or just someone starting out into a creative industry? I would say that just define your goals first and try to be very specific about them. So let's say I just want to be the best filmmaker. It's not really a specific goal. I just want to be like the best filmmaker in the fashion industry in the UAE within two years. That's a specific goal. Because like the more specific is your goal, the easier you can break it out. You can break it down to a smaller ones, right? So you can achieve them one by one. And I mean, now the most important will be to start building your personal brand in the social media era. Like it's the perfect chance to do it like Instagram, especially TikTok. If you're relatively young, like if you're in your 20s, well, just go with the flow of TikTok, Instagram. There is no better way to market yourself out there and market your job. And then, yeah, you can still do the collaborations if you're not like you can start as a freelancer and do some collabs, but the collabs should be really effective. I've shot a lot of verified profile people with the blue ticks. A lot of promises were given, but at the end of the day, if I had 20 or 30 followers subscribed, it was good. Of course, it wasn't really effective. So just try to realize, just try to feel what's effective, what's going to be effective for you and what's not. And also, if you have the time to start the YouTube channel, do it for sure as the separate income stream. That would be very good as well. Those are really useful points. I think being clear on what it is that you want and what you're about also really helps to align with the people that are vibing with you on that, as well as niching down is really key. So that also helps you stand out. Exactly. Exactly. Like just niching out like is one of the best advices because like what happens with creatives here, if you call yourself a content creator, you should still niche yourself down to the specific type of content because sometimes the creative effort itself is taken here for granted because people don't really realize what it takes to... I mean, they just hire... That's why I even don't really like the term videographer. That's maybe my personal thing. But the videographer thing is like a one-man band. When the people are asking about... Sometimes I'm getting the inquiries about a videographer and they expect just one guy with a gimbal and the camera to shoot like a big commercial for them. And they're sending me the reference from Dior or Chanel or, you know, like, okay, yeah, we just need a videographer for two hours for this kind of stuff. That's my point of like, when I'm just trying to calm myself down, like, okay, all right, cool. And I'm just start explaining like what it takes. Like, yeah, that's why just choosing the right niche and excelling yourself in it is a very good thing. So you'll be the master in uh, your own thing, not spreading yourself on many things, I would say. Yeah, I agree. Just start whatever you want to start. Don't start spreading yourself out too thin, trying to cover as much of the market as humanly possible. The advice would be the other way around. Start as small as you can, as specific as you can, doing only the things that you're really passionate about and really enjoy, and then see where that takes you. 
on that note, what is the one project that you're most passionate about, more proud about, the one you enjoy the most? Branding-wise, I'm really proud that a couple of my videos are on uh, like the Samsung uh, UAE official account. We just did a couple of commercials for them, like pretty creative. But from the creative point of view, that fashion film I did, it's my still my favorite because the designer just gave me all of the creative freedom. He's just like, okay, here you go. Here you have here, here you have the models. We're just gonna dress them up for you. They pretty organized everything. And I didn't even participate in any of kind of like a pre-production, but when it just called me, they really showed me the location, the models, the general idea, the general flow, what they want to go with. It all came down like as a big, big excitement for me because like I was just, oh, wow, okay, I love the location, love the models. And when I just came there with my team, he was like, okay, we know that you're good. Just take all the creative freedom, do whatever you want. That was the moment when I express some of my visions through the directing. That's the best part. That's like the euphoria part. When you visually express what's here in your head, like that's the best part. Oh, Alex, could you just remind us which brand that was? It was the fashion film for Arab Fashion Week. I'm going to send you guys the link. I can even share you the video itself. You'll see it like it's something unusual. Yeah. We think you can really tell a lot about someone if you understand who they admire. And not that important the name, but like the reason why they admire that person. So if you had to choose someone, either alive or dead, celebrity or family, again, like the name doesn't really matter. Is the reason why you admire someone? Could you single someone out? The person, I admire the way this person managed to get out of the system, like to break up the industry. You don't know this person is number one uh, Russian hip hop artist. But the thing is that like he's only 24 and he's already in like the top three of the highest paid artists on Forbes or whatever. Like the thing is that he just started, I'll send you the link. And the thing is that like one of his albums, it was featuring for sometimes in top three of the Apple music worldwide. I mean, the thing is that his music is stupid. The lyrics are stupid, but the way he markets himself, like his personal brand is just genius. The way he treats all of the haters, the negative comments, all of like the way he absorbs all of that hype and just uses this to market himself is genius. I would say he just broke a lot of people's visions and brains there. Like I'll send you the link. You'll see what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how we never admire the whole personality of someone but just some aspects maybe you're not a big fan of <laughs> the silly music like you said the stupid music but like the aspect that you like is how he broke them all how unique and how refreshing and new he is and his marketing and his personal brand right exactly exactly like i would say the only quote that i would really admire is like there is no limits all of the limits are in your head there is no limits at all on the other side, I think he would be deported from this country like very fast, for sure. He wouldn't stay here. But like, I mean, uh, yeah, Russia is a different one. So I just admire his vision that there are no limits. There are no limits. Because one thing is that that social image that you create. And the other thing is about like you as a person. So, I mean, he's so different as a person. But when he comes into that social image of an artist and actually like the music, as he's saying that the music is one of the games he's playing, like he already earned millions and he's like, okay, he's treating it as a game. That's what I'm going to say in like my future videos. Like if you're going to treat your life as the video game, I would say, right? 
many things are becoming pretty obvious. You just start upgrading yourself. Don't take the life too seriously. You can treat it like as a fun in many different ways. It will serve you better. Like, yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that is inspiring. I think I need to remind myself of that a lot more. And that's a perfect, actually, introduction into the last question, which is, if you could be a fruit, what fruit would you be and why? The first came to my mind is mango, because I just remember there was like a mango meme or something with a mango with eyes and like... Uh, it was just the first came to my mind. Yeah, like the funny mango meme or something. Like that. <laughs> That's very on brand. The mango filter is very out of the box and very original. So yeah. Well, Alex, thank you for being on. I think people are going to really enjoy this episode, getting to know you a little bit, getting to know your process. And again, thank you for your time and hope to see you around and see your work more. Thank you so much, Alex, for sharing your wisdom, your insights and your tips with us. We really appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. I'm going to be putting more 